0: Thankful for uh, this season, and uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Luke, and this morning we'll find ourselves in Luke chapter 22, uh, and we'll, st- I mean Luke to verse 22 is where we're going to start, so you all know what I mean, and uh, so appreciate uh, the gift, and we just want to say we love all of you and hope you have a a great uh, holiday season and um, getting closer. Uh, so we're looking forward to a great week next week on Christmas Eve. Uh, kids are going to have a part to play in the program next Sunday, so they're going to be doing the, the scripture readings if they're all healthy and uh, better. So uh, looking forward to that, and uh, got a Great message to wrap up this series, I hope, so uh, encourage you to come back next Sunday and bring somebody with you and uh, be inviting folks uh, to come. People are more open to an invitation this time of year, um, and so we want to take, uh, use that opportunity uh, and invite them to church. Not that coming to church doesn't save anybody, uh, but hopefully, I know one thing that when they come here, they're going to hear about Jesus. Uh, and have an opportunity to receive the greatest gift that was ever given for them. And uh, so what would be a great uh, way to start our Christmas weekend celebrations than with somebody coming to find new life in Christ? And uh, so let's be praying toward that. So Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, uh, this is what uh, it says. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, Behold, this child is dead destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived uh, with a husband seven years from her virginity, And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God um, with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all of those who looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so what a a great... uh, Wait, so we're talking about the gifts of Christmas this year uh, I want us to know that, you know, the gifts, uh, the things that are important and the message of Christmas, it's not about gifts you give. It's not about what's under the tree or what's not under the tree. It's not about whether you are, you know, able to recreate those perfect Hallmark movie picture moments in your family or not. And, uh, you know, by the way, those movies, they don't happen, you know, instantly. It takes a lot of takes to get those innocent, good little children to behave and act like it makes the final cut of the movie. It doesn't just happen. Uh, you all know that, don't you? And so, uh, if you have children, you know how, you know how that is. Uh, and, so, uh, and so, but the greatest gift and the reason of Christmas and the reason why we, we give gifts is because over 2,000 years ago, God gave the greatest gift the world would ever know. He gave His Son, Jesus. And that's the message, that's the reason of Christmas. Was it wrong for us to give gifts? It's not. Is it wrong for us to sing carols? It's not. Is it wrong for us to part? It's not. But I think God enjoys those things, now, but it is wrong for us to take those gifts and parties and carols and make them the main thing, because that's not the main thing. The main thing and the reason for the gifts and the presents and the carols and the parties is Jesus. And we must never forget that. And so, uh, we're talking about different gifts that we get from God. And remember, the first gift we talked about uh, was the gift of a Savior. And then last week, we talked about the gift of a song, that God gives us a a song to sing when we come to serve Him, and He enjoys hearing His people sing. Well, today we're going to talk about the gift of service. Now, service oftentimes we don't think of it as a gift, do we? We think of it as an obligation. But God tells us that service is the most important gift that we can give people. In fact, Jesus loved us so much, and he thought serving was so important. That's how he came. He came as a servant. He, He was king of kings and lord of lords, but he lowered himself. And became a servant. He came to serve others. And what an important example and what a privilege I hope we'll see by the end of this message this morning that is for us as God's people to be able to serve others. And so church, I want you to pray and ask God this week because of the ser- that God give me an opportunity to serve someone this week. And if we'll pray and we'll ask the Lord to do that, I guarantee you he will send an opportunity your way. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But one thing that I want to see as we begin looking at this passage is this first point, that God loves to use the unexpected. Haven't we already seen that in the Christmas story? We can give Josie a pop quiz. I know she knows the answer. That's why I'm giving her this pop quiz. I wouldn't embarrass her normally. Where did God send the great gift? Where was Jesus born, Josie? In a manger. That's a good answer. A manger in Bethlehem. Yeah, exactly. I knew she'd know that answer. Now, is that a manger where you would expect a king to be born? It's not. The little town of Bethlehem, is that where you would expect somebody of greatness and prominence to be born? Nope. That would be like, you know, the uh, uh, greatness, you know, someone uh, of great importance being born in a little town like Star, Mississippi, which there is a Star, Mississippi, not far from here. But if you blink real good, you miss Star, Mississippi. That was Bethlehem. It was just a small little stop on the road. Kind of like probably most of us think our neighborhoods are. Not much happens there. There's not much excitement. That was Bethlehem. And yet the most exciting and the most earth-changing, history-changing thing happened in that little place. An unwed mother and a carpenter were the parents of Jesus. Would anybody have written it that way if you were writing the story? No, we wouldn't have written it that way. But that's how God wrote the story. And that's how God did it. And, so, and then uh, we find two others in the story as we read the verses today. Simeon, uh, who, who was a priest, an old old man. He was up there in years. And says the Holy Spirit had told him he would not die until he saw the Lord's anointed, the promised Messiah that God was going to send. You see, because for centuries and centuries and centuries, Israel, the Jews, had been looking for the Messiah, a Redeemer. God had promised he was going to send one. It had happened yet. So, but they kept waiting and waiting and looking and watching. And the Holy Spirit told Simeon, the day's coming pretty soon. In fact, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's anointing. And so Jesus is born a week after his birth, eight, eight days to be exact. They go to the temple and they present Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. And Simon happens to be the priest on duty, if you will, that day. And he knows instantly who this baby is. Nobody has to tell him. Now, word probably it didn't travel quite as fast in Jesus' day as it does today because there wasn't Facebook and text messages. But word still got around. And so guess what? People knew. And yet, this man, when he saw Jesus, he knew. And this is what he said, Lord, you've kept your promise, and now I can depart in peace knowing the Messiah has come. Another senior saint, and by the way, a good reminder that God doesn't discount senior saints. Can I tell you something, church? You are never too old to serve God and be a blessing to God. Because next we meet, not only was Simon up there in years, but we meet Anna, and she was really, really up there in years. Now, she had been married for a, a time, and then her husband died. We don't know exactly how long. Uh, some say, they think that, you know, she'd been a widow for 84 years. That's possible. Could have been she was 84 years old when this particular event took Either way, she was quite old. A time when a lot of us would have said, well, she ought to be retired. She ought to be enjoying her retirement years. Sitting on a rocking chair, sipping lemonade, and having her family look after her. But guess what? That's not what she did. In fact, she was a devout lady that went every day and served in the temple. She fasted, she prayed every single day. It was her custom. It was what she did. But we would certainly not have expected her to have this important place to play in the Christmas and post-Christmas story. And yet she does. So why do all of those people come into this story? Because God likes to use the unexpected. Because it shows us it wasn't us doing it. It was Him. Because, you see, if we can explain it and we can orchestrate it, it probably wasn't God doing the telling. It was us. But when we see God do something there's no way on earth we could do, and does not make sense to us, we say, you know what? It must have been God. Friends, understand this, that God loves to use the unexpected. And he will show up in unexpected ways. And he will use unexpected people like me and unexpected people like you. I've heard a lot of people say, Preacher, I am too old to serve the Lord. Bullpucky. No. No. You are never too old to serve the Lord. As long as you've got breath in you, there's something the Lord can use you for. So find out what it is and do it. Now, it may not be that, you know, if you're 84 like Anna, you may not be doing children's church, running around with the kids and getting down on the floor because you may not get back up. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do. So if you can't do what you used to do, find something else to do. And, friend, I want you to know the opposite's also true. You are never too young to serve the Lord. Okay, if you're 3, if you're 4, if you're 5, if you're 13, if you're 20, there's things God can use you for. And there's things that God can use you in ways that God can use you. And so understand this, we're never too young and we're never too old to serve the Lord. And in fact, God really rather takes delight in using folks that God says, man, there's no way that God's going to do anything with them. And say, all right, let me show you what I can do. Because it shows, and the scriptures even mention this, in weakness, he is made strong. In other words, we see how strong God is when we realize how weak and undeserved we are. And so remember this as we think about the Christmas story that God loves to use the unexpected. Secondly, I want to point out how important it is, this next point. Never underestimate the importance of custom. Now, I want you to say that tradition should never become gospel. But there is power in custom. Anna had the custom of every day going to, temple, so going to church. She didn't just show up on Sunday. Or for her back then, on Saturday, the Sabbath day. Every day she showed up. And every day she prayed. Every day she fasted. Obviously, that doesn't mean that she went without food all day every day because she wouldn't have lived to be 84 had she done that. Uh, No, but every day she did the things that helped her grow in her walk. Simeon was at the temple serving just like he had done countless times before. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And it was a special day. You see, when we're going through those ordinary things that God has just put in our path and those things that God's put in our day to do, sometimes that's when God shows up and does something special. Sometimes it's in those customs that we're able to hear God speak. You know, it may be, you know, Christmas is not a holly jolly time for all of us. That Leslie and I went uh, this past week back to at Phoenix City, Alabama to preach a funeral uh, for a dear friend. Uh, and uh, David uh, had he was 82 almost when he was lacked just a week uh, of being 82. Uh, was a... Good, godly man, and he loved Christmas. His daughter, uh, who uh, and her family that was part of our church when we lived in Columbus, Georgia, normally decorate for Christmas. Like, you know, there were no Christmas decorations, and that's okay. But can I tell you that even though there were no decorations, there still was a joy. Even though there was sadness, I understand there are people that are hurting around you this. I guarantee you there are. You may be one of them. Understand it's not just a holly and jolly time, but can I tell you that God sometimes uses those times to show how near He is? and to remind us that, you know what, Christmas isn't about lights and decorations and presents and trees? It's about Jesus coming to earth. God loved us so much, he gave the greatest gift himself. Why on earth would Jesus have had to go to? He was God after all. Why bother taking him? Because it was the custom. And Simeon blessed God. And then blessed Joseph and Mary. And Anna proclaimed the goodness of God to the people that were looking and said, Listen, you are waiting and looking for the coming of a Redeemer. Here he is. Now, would everybody receive that message and be happy? No, they weren't. And a lot of them still, even today, reject that message. There's power, though, in us having some customs that help us, and God uses customs sometimes to help us draw close to him. All of the things they did in the Old Testament, all those festivals, all the different decorations in the temple, every one of them had some significance that pointed to Jesus. And when we read the scriptures, they point us to Jesus. And so at Christmas time, especially when we're going through difficult times, we need those customs to help point us to Jesus. And so, understand, tradition must never, ever become what we worship. But there is power in having some traditions and importance in tradition and custom. Then finally, I want to challenge us, don't miss the opportunity. You see, I think that God will put us, and I've asked you already, pray this week. And just a minute, we're going to pray all together. I want you to praise with God, help me, give me an opportunity to serve someone. Help me be a blessing to someone. Help me to, to see someone that's hurting and help, help them in some way. I want you to understand there's hurting people all around you. And there's people that are having difficult and hard times all around you. And I don't mean this to sound trite, but you know what they need to help better is Jesus. And I tell you that they're not going to find Jesus alone. But they may find him if you help them. Simeon, we all, you know, he may say, you know what, I've served the Lord a long time. He said, I've already done my due. I've served, I'm tired of it, I'm just going to sit back. What a blessing he would have missed. Had Anna said, you know what? Every day I've gone to temple and I've served every day. I'm taking the day off today. And Boy, what, a, what she would have missed. Not only seeing the Messiah and being able to proclaim this is the one. She's got her name in the Bible. It wouldn't be there if she called in sick that day. There was nothing particularly special about Simeon and Anna other than the fact that they loved God and that they served him and served him regularly. And God blessed them regularly, by the way. You can't expect to be a part-time Christian and have full-time blessings from God. By the way, there's no such thing as a part-time Christian. Leslie and I, on the way back uh, late... Late Wednesday night, we stopped at a a love station somewhere. uh, One of the ones outside of Meridian on I-20 to get gas. Les had gone in to use the bathroom. I was pumping gas. This lady came up to me. She didn't speak a whole lot of English. uh, But she said, you know, I'm stranded uh, and I need some gas. So I don't want money. I just need some gas to get to Atlanta. Normally, when people, I don't believe them. And just, you know, they're just looking. um, But something told me. The Holy Spirit said, no, you need to help her. The whole time, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm going to go over there. She's got five or six big hooligans with billy clubs or something. And they're going to, you know, and I said, no. So I was a little apprehensive the whole time. Uh, But in the midst, uh, she had a husband or somebody, she was, and a two-year-old baby. Not a bunch of hooligans. Um, He had been in Meridian for work, and then, you know, on the way of town, was having car trouble, and then their car ran out of gas. And I tell you that for just a few minutes, I had an opportunity to tell him about God. How much of it I don't, they understood, I don't know. But they did say, as we were leaving, Merry Christmas, and God bless you. So they Now, that, were they scammers, or were they just, I don't know. And unfortunately, there will be people that take advantage. If we're looking to serve others, there will be people that take advantage, just like they took advantage of Jesus. And can I tell you, Jesus knew people were going to take advantage of him. He knew people were going to reject him before he came. And yet he came anyway. Because he knew he had an important job to do. And he was willing to do it. And so, show up. Don't miss the opportunity. We miss, I think, sometimes what God wants to do in our life because we just don't show up. Church, don't miss the opportunity. God wants to use you. Remember, he likes to use unexpected things. And can I tell you, you are the most unlikely, unexpected people. Nobody would think God would do anything. This church, man, this is a little church out in the back of no, you know, in this little street. Eh, you know, what God says is that's prime real estate. For me to do something. Those are the prime characters for me to use in one of my stories. Of greatness. Because God takes little ordinary common things and does great big stuff with it. But only if we show up. And only if we're willing. And so would you see the gift? Listen, do any of us deserve salvation? No, we don't. Do any of us deserve the gift of a song that we can have joy and peace in our heart? No, we don't. Do any of us deserve God to give us an opportunity to serve Him? Absolutely, we don't. But He does it anyway because He loves us. He says, yeah, I know I could find somebody far better looking. I could find somebody that was more efficient and a better speaker or... You know had more you know I could find somebody else. I don't want to use anybody else. I want to use you. And I tell you, God wants to use you. Would you say, God, I'll serve you? What does it take for God to use your life? How can you be the gift that God uses to bless somebody this Christmas by simply coming just as you are? and say, God, here I am, use me. And I guarantee you, if you'll do that, God will. Would you pray with me, Lord, we love you? Lord, thank you that, oh, we're so undeserving. But you love us. You love us so much that you saved us. But, Lord, you loved us even more that you use us. And you give us an opportunity to serve you. Lord, if there's one here today that's never received that great gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of new life, would you help them today to receive that great Christmas gift? But Lord, would you help us today as your people, as this church, as First Free Will Baptist Church, And as individuals, would you help us collectively and individually be a blessing to someone this week? Lord, give us hearts of service, because that's what you had. God, by serving others, may people come to see you. Lord, thank you for the promise that you receive us just as we are. But you also promise you'll not leave us like you found us. And when we get up, we'll be changed. We'll be new. Thank you for that great gift, Lord. Let's stand together. We're going to sing the old hymn, Just As I Am. And if God spoke in your heart and there's a decision you need to make, today would be a great day. It would be a great time to make the decision for the Lord.